KSL, Charlotte Sports Live. Right now on Charlotte Sports Live, Bryce Young will head to training camp with a big smile on his face after agreeing to terms on his four-year rookie contract on Friday. He was the final Panthers rookie to get a deal done, and it couldn't have come at a better time. Now, Carolina has not released terms of the deal, but sources do confirm to CSL it is worth $37.9 million, some big money. And with that, we welcome you inside Charlotte Sports Live. Gabe McDonald and Grace Grill here with you on this beautiful night. Yeah, tonight, Will Kunkel and Willie P pop by to talk all things Hornet, and we continue our high school football coverage with South Point down in Rock Hill. But let's start with the Carolina Panthers and the big boys up front that will be protecting Bryce Young. And for the most part, this is the this line is solidified from a year ago because everyone is returning. However, we may have to wait a while for right guard Austin Corbett. Remember, Corbett suffered this knee injury in the season finale last year. He will likely miss the start of the season before returning. One name that is back and had transformed the line last year is center Bradley Bozeman. Here's what he had to say to our Will Kunkel in an exclusive interview after signing his deal. How important is it for an offensive line to be together year in and year out? Because it's not always about the best offensive line individually. I've always thought it's about, you know, five guys that play really well together, which you guys did. Absolutely. I think that's key there. Um, just making sure that everyone's stuck together. Everyone's uh, the cohesiveness there is there. Uh, there's no rebuilding. There's no, you know, no, not knowing this guy, not knowing that guy. Having all five pieces in place is, is, a, is a huge um, a, a huge advantage and a big testimony to, to the front office and uh, how they do things. So when you have a rookie quarterback, the unknown is how is he going to perform in the NFL? Yeah. Everyone wants to talk about how there's the unknowns with the receiver core, but yeah. having the line in place could not be more important. Oh, no, it's huge. I mean, especially when you have a rookie quarterback coming in, to have that, you know, just the continuity, the guys, because that's one of the hardest positions for guys to jail because they all five yeah. of those guys – have to be on the same page. So to have that continuity from last year is big. Obviously, Corbett possibly going to miss some time, but you have some guys, Cade Mays, who we saw at fullback last year, and your rookie, Chandler Zavala out of NC State, a guy that has played with Ikea Kwanu, so he knows kind of the chemistry that they have up there, and that's a guy that we had a lot of good reports on in uh, OTAs and rookie minicamp as well. So I think regardless of how much time Austin Corbett does miss, they're going to be in good hands. But it's also just something that takes so much stress off of right. Bryce Young's shoulders. No, absolutely. I think, and that's another thing too, because going in as a rookie, having to learn the playbook, learn a new system, a new scheme, to be able to know that, hey, I'm going to be protected. I'm going to be upright for the most part, because a lot of guys coming into the NFL, it's going to be different. You got these defensive linemen; it's a different and you're beast. Waiting I know, for that yeah, first hit. And, and I know he played in the SEC, but everybody, when you look yeah. at his size, everybody's going to be gunning for him. Like, man, we want to take him out. So, I mean, that's the thing to have those guys up front to keep him upright, to be his bodyguard, so to speak. Definitely big, and it should put him at ease. And, of course, this new contract four days before his birthday is going to put him at ease as well. Well, here's <laughs> a final look at the training camp schedule. The rookies report Saturday, then the vets get to Wofford College on Tuesday. And speaking of Wofford, our historian Michael Sett explains how the Panthers decided on holding training camp there in the first place. When Carolina head coach Frank Reich stopped by Wofford earlier this year, he couldn't help but notice just how much things had changed since his playing days with the Panthers. It was interesting. He was a... Uh, the quarterback on the first team. So he came in and he said, wow, this is so much different. That was back in 1995 when the Panthers were a brand new team heading into their first ever training camp. First one was pretty hard. After the end of the first one, we weren't sure if we could do this again. But they did. And now 28 years later, it's become a big summer tradition in upstate South Carolina. And it all began when the Panthers were just an apple in the big cat's eye. 
all of it started with training camp with a with a note from Mr. Richardson, and the note said, "Danny, confidential, going after an NFL team for the Carolinas." Carolina would get that team in the fall of 1993, and from the beginning, Wofford wanted in on being their official training camp home. There was just one problem. We had a lot of needs at the college. Things like land for practice fields and better facilities to house an NFL team. And there was also competition from Winthrop, where the Panthers would conduct their first practices in the spring of 1995. But seeing how Richardson was a Wofford alum, Spartanburg was the clear favorite. There was a the important meeting late in the spring of 95 and we said we will be ready and uh uh mr richardson said uh we believe you you better be ready oh they sure were within 18 months the school raised eight million dollars bought extra land and somehow completed construction on the richardson physical activities building a facility that serves both as a locker room as well as a place where the Panthers can hold meetings. It was it was a little bit like Field of Dreams. Here is, if you build it, they will come. They did, both the Panthers and their fans alike. And unlike some of the things Reich noticed in his return, that has not changed. Mike Lissette, Charlotte Sports Live. All right, I want to do something that we haven't done before. Kind of a, a week that was with the mind of Willie P. <laughs> the voice, the face of WFNZ and Charlotte FNZ. All right, Willie, first of all, how you doing? Everything all right? Good to see you, Will. And uh, you are entering in dangerous territory here. All right, let's start early in the week. We started with Miles Bridges. I don't think we've ever had so much news in a week that was so boring of nothing going on. In July, of all yeah, things, right? Miles Bridges, your takeaway from his press conference was what? I thought it kind of rang a little flat. You know, I think... We all kind of had our own expectations about the way it was going to go. And honestly, I looked at it from the standpoint of if he apologizes and he's contrite, you know, I'm going to keep an open mind. It seemed like he did that to a point, but I feel like from an action item standpoint, he didn't really offer much. There was that point in the latter part of the press conference where he's like, you know, maybe there is going to be a time where I get out in the community. He, he really wanted to focus on himself and focus on basketball. I don't know how forgiving the fan base is going to be when it comes to that. I understand that the first time he scores 30 points, throws down a, a hammer dunk, it'll feel like maybe all is forgiven for that. But I still know a lot of fans have come to us and said they don't feel as comfortable with having him back as they should. I don't understand. As they would, I should say. I don't understand how there wasn't a plan in place. It seemed like he was unprepared Very for this so. press conference. He hadn't talked in 15 months, and I put that on him. I put it on his agent. I put it on the team. I Whoever it is wants to take the percentage of the pie, I don't really care. How does he not come out? Like, Kyle Bailey, this is the one question I wanted answered. Mm -hmm. And Kyle Bailey asked, what's his plan from an advocacy standpoint? There's no plan for him to get in that arena to help others. And that, I'm like, how is that even possible? Or at least have an answer prepared as to why you're not right now and what your plan is versus I'm just focusing on myself and basketball. Yeah. Like, that's not an answer. It's a talking point. Yeah, I know. When you don't talk for as long as he talked, I, I was very surprised myself that, that there wasn't something offered in that vein. And I think there could have been some sort of action item taken. Mm -hmm. And I even saw uh, Mitch Kupchak during that answer, or that question from Kyle. He kind of looked and was like, you know what? Maybe that wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. I, I honestly feel like, look, I can respect that maybe he wants to try and get his own situation and sure. his own house in order first before he gets into that. But 
to, to, to not have an offer something about, you know, okay, I want to do this, and then I want to go out in the community and I want to be there for, you know, victims of domestic violence, things of that nature. It just, like I said, kind of rang a little hollow to me. Yeah, it wasn't as sincere as I was hoping, and I wasn't going into this being like, you have to say this in order for me to forgive you. No. And it's not about me forgiving anybody. I, he doesn't know watch anything. No, it doesn't. But if he wants the fans' respect back, he needs to earn it somehow other than dropping 30 points in a hammer dunk. And all I wanted to see was a plan of action. I think all they had to do was kind of open that door of I'm serious, I'm contrite, and these are my plans. And I think fans would be like, all right, that's all I needed yeah. to hear. They gave him they that max did. deal. Did they get this right? Your takeaways from that press conference. Well, I think it also, and I said this to Mitch when we were in the press conference, this now puts a timer on the Hornets when mm. it comes to the next three, four years. You have to basically prove that LaMelo is not only a star you can build around, but that you can build around him. And that's the part of it that I feel like is very challenging from a Hornet perspective. Mitch came out and said that he believes that the tools and pieces are there for them to compete this year. I don't know if that necessarily is the case because you can sit here and say all you want about all the injuries the Hornets took a year ago. Does that make up 20 wins? Does that make up 15 wins? Does that put them outside of a play-in game? I don't know. And so I feel like there still needs to be more star power added to this roster. Whether Brandon Miller can develop and mature into that type of role, that could be very much something to be seen. But I still feel like they are one star away from trying to get themselves into that essence of where they are actually contending and making a deep playoff run. They're relevant now, though. Like, they're relevant in the conversation from a standpoint of there is some hope and there is a timer. Last year, I don't know that there was a timer. It was like the timer was get the season over with. Right. This is an absolute disaster. And mm -hmm. if there's a timer, that means there's at least something that you're trying to achieve. Like, you put that cake in the oven and you're hoping right. it comes out a delicious meal, right? You're using you're using the Nick Saban analogy is what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. So I get that. And by the way, we can talk about oatmeal cream pies later if you want. But... I, I have the utmost respect for what they're trying to do mm -hmm. with this market. And I understand trying to do this through the draft and through trades and things of that nature. I understand it's a very, very difficult thing to do. But the Gordon Hayward experiment seems like a swing and a miss. The Terry Rozier experiment, they improved that man's value. I just don't know if there's anything beyond the ceiling that we've seen. Yeah, Mike Lissette was saying the other night on Charlotte Sports Live that Terry was a bust for that deal, and I, did, I no, disagreed no, 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 entirely. No, no, no. Given what Kemba was on the opposite side of that, they more than won that deal. And mm -hmm. that's totally – I think you can sit here and say Terry Rozier was a good ad for the Hornets, but it didn't take them to that next level. I think both things can be true in that sense. So from my perspective – it's get another star in here, somebody who wants to play with Lamelo. I honestly feel like the next two years will really tell the story about whether or not Charlotte becomes an attractive spot for free agents and trades to happen. It's a boom or bust way to go about building a team. You are playing the lottery from a standpoint of does Brandon Miller hit? If so, great. Does Mark mm -hmm. Williams hit? If so, great. Like, does Miles Bridges put it all together and is he able to keep his nose clean? And if so, great. Other teams go out and grab, this guy's good, this guy's good, this guy's good. We're going to take them, put them together, and we will be competitive because we know what they have to offer. This is a roll the dice, let's hope it works, and it's if it doesn't, then we restart every single two to three years. Well, there's, there's, I understand why. there's, there's examples in the NBA of teams that have built from within in small markets. Well, sure, markets. but we it's still boomer. Like, if Giannis didn't hit... The Bucks aren't the Bucks as we have got to know them. And that, well, that's what they're hoping with Lamelo. They're hoping right. that Lamelo can be that kind of guy with his profile, where he can take this squad and put them on his back. Can he score enough to do that? Can he make enough assists happen to make that happen? 
That, I think, all remains to be seen because we've even seen with guys like Luka, you know, it's, it's hard to, to put it all on his shoulders mm -hmm. and have a deep playoff run of success. You need other stars around you. Always good to hear from Willie P, and you can catch more from our conversation with him coming up on Saturday on CSO. Meanwhile, the sky is the limit for South Point football down in Rock Hill. The Stallions are next up in our long line of high school football previews. Plus, Cardiac Kemba is following his heart across the Atlantic. What European club the Hornets legend just signed with and what it might mean for his NBA future. You're watching Charlotte Sports Live. We'll be right back. There was this girl drinking her hand. Shoot me and let's get into trouble, Grand. If you like Riley Green, then you may want to find a ticket to the Bank of America Roval 400 here in Charlotte. Green will be the feature artist in the pre-race concert. That race will be the cutoff race for the round of eight on October 8th. I'll be there. I might have to get a ticket, too. Well, we have just 28 days until the first Friday of the high school football season. But, hey, who's counting? The South Point Stallions. That's who one of the best programs in all of the Carolinas is on a mission this fall with one goal in mind, and that's to be playing ball in early December. In just 18 years of existence, South Point has established itself as one of the top programs in the state of South Carolina. The Stallions are just two years removed from winning their seventh state title in school history. After that special run, the school turned to Bobby Collins to keep the winning tradition alive. We had to come into our own because, you know, last year was first year, so really getting used to them. Um, but this year, I feel like we're more, we're more in tune with each other. All right, let's go. As Collins embarks on year two leading the Stallions, he's putting an emphasis on self-improvement for each individual player in order to elevate the team. We told him, you know, God bless you with two ears and one mouth. We wanted to listen a lot more this offseason, just work on yourself, you know, and, and, and improving yourself, you were going to become a better leader. So I'm excited about those guys. One of those guys being senior quarterback Malachi Marshall. The Georgia State commit is entering year two under center and feels he's grown more as a vocal leader heading into his last ride as a Stallion. I'm the quarterback, so I try to use my name and just tell, tell people what to do, um, the right things to do, and when to do it. So, I mean, I feel like the quarterback, just the voice I have, is a very big thing for me. He'll have fellow seniors Xavier Preston and Zantuan Nelson to help him lead this team back to the state finals. The receiver and defensive back are both looking to build off strong junior seasons. It's a determination that you have to have in order to be a stallion here. So. Waking up every day, just putting in hard work, willing to dedicate yourself and dedicate yourself to your other and your team. Well, I had seven picks last year, so hoping to get about 12 this year and let my teammates eat too. So I believe we got the best secondary in the state. And one could argue the Stallions have the best team in the state heading into the fall. It's something they'll be out to prove each week on the way to their ultimate goal. We only have one goal this year, that's win state. So I feel like we can beat anybody no matter the region. Um, whoever you put in front, uh, in front of us, I feel like we're going to dominate this year. But where else you want to be at? If you want to be a big-time player and you want people to remember your name, you want to be in these kind of places, these kind of regions, and, and you definitely want to be playing for South Point. The Stallions get their 2023 campaign underway on August 18th on the road against Spartanburg. Definitely watch out for those young men this season. All right, training camp is just around the corner, and some starting positions may be won or lost in Spartanburg. Who has the most at stake? That's debated next in Quick Six. Once you make it to finals, you feel like you're already in.
it is really hard to make this team on your first try. It just is because they're so talented. When you get that email that and your name's not on the list, I think it kind of added a layer not making it. I respect the fact that I haven't done it. There are people that are on their fourth or fifth audition. To not give up and to come back shows that you wanted, it shows that you are determined. The timing has to be right for them, right? It has to be the right team for them to be on. Now I have that chip on my shoulder kind of in the best way of I have unfinished business. I gotta go back and I gotta get my place. How could I not want to be a part of this? How bad do you want it? Well, former Hornet star Kimball Walker is going international. He just signed a one-year deal with AS Monaco, which plays in the French LNB Pro A in the EuroLeague. Walker played in just nine games last season for the Mavericks before being waived in January. He remains the all-time leading scorer in Hornets history. All right, and it is that time, albeit in the middle of the night, but it is time nonetheless. Can we get two minutes on the clock, please? Michael Setz here, he requested two minutes on the clock. Yeah, let's All get right. going. I want to go to bed. <laughs> All right, Mike, is Kemba Walker's NBA career done? Well, to quote Pitbull, he got some international love. I think it is, though. I think the fact of the matter is he has not been able to stay healthy. I will say, though, when he is healthy, like he was a little bit this past season when he played for Dallas, he could do some damage, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. All right, Gabe, what is the least exciting thing about training camp this The heat. I mean, that's what we're all just dreading getting down there. Obviously, uh, you got to have your bucket hat, you know, your little neck fan about to order one uh, off Amazon. I need to. I'm kind of late on that. But, yeah, the heat, it's going to be brutal. But, hey, at least it's football, though. And, like, spots to eat. If anybody wants to tweet us or email yes. us about, like, your recommended spot to eat, that's always, like, the hardest thing. I know this little Mexican place called Chipotle. Here. All right, Mike, what position battle is most at stake at training camp? Well, the one I'm looking at is the wide receivers. I think you have Adam Thielen, and then outside of him, you have a bunch of guys that are either unproven or have injury problems. I think that's what I'm looking at. Okay, Gabe, do the Jets have a better chance to miss the playoffs or win the whole thing? If these are the two options, I'd have to say miss the playoffs because, I mean, obviously I'm looking at in the AFC teams like obviously Kansas City, the Bengals, who probably have better chances to go. So those are the only two options I'd have to go with missing the playoffs, even though I think they'll make it, but those are the only two. I I'm excited to see them down in Spartanburg. All right, Mike, who is your bucket list sports interview and what one <laughs> question would you need to ask them? I mean, have you guys been watching this show? Do you know me? Do you know what I wear when I'm not here? Got me, Michael Jordan. But I'll say, so there's, there's two questions. The first question I'd ask him is, you know, do you ever see a situation where you and Scotty Pippen could be friends again? I don't think we've heard his side. And the other thing, if you ever watch him play and he does those spin layups, he always flicks his hand like that. I want to know if that was for better spin or was he trying to fool the refs that he got fouled? All right, Gabe, real quick, what would be your spirit animal? Honestly, because I was called this when I played basketball because of my shooting motion, I'd have to go with a swan. They called me the uh, chocolate swan back in the day. <laughs> I'd have to go with uh, with that. So give me a swan. That'd be my spirit animal. I don't shoot. Luckily, I don't shoot like that anymore. It's a little bit worse, actually. Luckily. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Panthers fans earned a QC crown last summer for showing up and showing out at training camp. We have some QC crowns to hand out next here on Charlotte Sports Live. Don't go anywhere. Well, if you haven't listened to Charlotte Sports Live, the podcast yet, are you living under a rock? Because, guys, you're missing out. Scan the code on your screen right now. Tap the button that pops up and hit subscribe. Get all your Charlotte Sports news and chatter and maybe a little bit of talk about hot dogs and food in the palm of your hand any day of the week. <laughs> all right. In the meantime, we have two QC crowns to hand out. Gabe, you are up first. Yeah, I got to show love to a good friend of mine with my QC crown tonight. One time from my man, Carl Goodman, been the assistant track coach at Coastal the past few years. 
Edwards worked with the sprinters and was instrumental in Melissa Jefferson becoming a record-breaking pro. And now he's heading west to USC to lead the charge for the Trojan sprinters. A well-earned promotion All for right. sure. Congrats to my man. Looking forward to seeing him living the Cali life, going from the East Coast to the West Coast to see him be on the beach. So definitely excited for him and uh, his family for sure. Yeah. Got a, a beautiful wife and kids too. So That's huge. Congratulations to them. Okay, my crown tonight, and it pains me to say it as a Yankees fan, it's going to the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles. I covered this franchise for a while and was saw the rebuild, so this is amazing. They're at the top of the AL East for the first time since 2016. It was a sweet 4-6-3 double play to end it last night against the race to solidify that number one spot. And I mean, guys, they are they are doing this with a payroll, a total payroll of under 70 million. Ooh. So yeah, really see we'll that see how good they are coming days. up. We will definitely see. Maybe they get make a trade. We'll see. Show we'll hate in Baltimore. <laughs> he needs to be a Yankee. <laughs> they can't afford all that way. <laughs> we got one more CSL before we head down to Spartanburg. That's coming up later tomorrow night for Grace Grill. I'm Gaming Donald. You guys have a wonderful evening. We'll see you guys tomorrow.